to The Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and admiring the guyliner, all with love for the show and its creators. I'm Lina. And I'm Vero. And today we're covering Lucifer, Season 2, Episode 13, Good Day to Die. This episode was the mid-season finale. Surprising, not. Non-surprising, yeah. As usual, I have prepared a summary. In this mid-season finale, Lucifer does a short but obvious death trip to hell. Mom follows to get him out and accidentally comes clean about everything. Linda saves both lives, plus Chloe's, actually. And Team Danella is now my favorite team-up. Well, I have an obsession of the week. I'm curious. I went with guilt because because we have the professor being driven by his own guilt in hell but we also have Lucifer and mom getting strung into that and I think that we're gonna talk about quite a lot about guilt in this episode at least I'm planning on to I must confess that I had a really hard time finding an obsession of the week and I settled on the antidote because I could not think of anything better but so this round definitely is is Vero 1, Lena 0. Also, title, the same in German, so no fun surprises there as well, by the way. But I do have several facts and funs for us. Of course, obviously, Lucifer says the title, which puts him 12 out of 13 for the first half of this season. It also is, as I said, the mid-season finale. There was three months break after this episode. Fucking hell. Also, this episode is the highest IMDb rating by far and so far with 9.5. Ooh. So, non-surprising, this episode was written by two people. Both are return writers. One is, of course, Joe Henderson with his fourth time returning. He wrote season one, episode two, Lucifer Stay Good Devil. Season one, episode 13, the finale, Take Me Back to Hell. And the season two starter, Everything's Coming Up Lucifer. He's partnered with Chris Rafferty, who is third time returning. And he wrote my all-time favorite episode, A Priest Walks Into a Bar, ninth episode of season one. And he wrote season two, episode six, Monster. Which is in your top three as well, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. It's the guilt ridden one right after Lucifer killed Uriel and both of these episodes are extremely highly rated as well they're both uh, 9.1 and 9.2 I remember Chris Rafferty are you talking about him exactly so uh explains a lot about this episode because I feel like there's a lot of connections to all of these yes in this definitely especially to the monster part yeah but weirdly enough I do have a mention at some stage of Joe's first episode which was Lucifer Stay Good Devil I do have a mention of that episode at some stage in my notes so very good interesting. So it is non-surprising that I like this episode. (laughs) Shocker. Yeah, I feel like I sometimes need to make it clear that I like the episode because um, in the past there have been exceptions to that. But well, if I have a top three, I also have to have a bottom three, right? True. And we still only have two episodes in my bottom three. We're still waiting for the next one. So much for my wonderful facts and funs. I have a tiny, tiny devil in the details coming up later on but I'm going to put that in there where it relates. So now, get ready for previously on Lucifer. Lucifer killed Uriel. Ames realizes he blessed Penelope with a child. Lucy and Chloe kiss. Lucy doubts if it's real. Chloe makes Lucy vulnerable. Dr. Carlyle smuggles in designer's poison and he slits his throat before Chloe manages to arrest him. And also, somehow, he poisons Chloe. Did I miss anything? I don't think I did. Mom telling Lucifer that Chloe is a gift from God? Eh, we'll get into that straight away, so it's fine. Shh, shh. Not not important. Sorry, yeah. So no, talk about it. It's fine. We all remember. We start right up into hectic and stress and panic. And I love that Lucifer is driving Chloe's police car. Is that legal? How is that legal? That's not legal. With the <laughs> sirens and the lights and everything. Mm-hmm. I have to say, Chloe doesn't look nearly as bad as she did at the end of the last episode. She actually looks quite okay. Even the bleeding stopped. Yeah, she says like it stopped 
is not so bad. It seems this time the poison is a bit different than the last times. Which would make sense because designer's poison. There is that. Also, while she makes a valid point that the hospital can't help her, they need an antidote. I also think that a hospital might be able to slow the progression down a bit. I so, think it depends. Eh, can't hurt. The first couple of scenes before we got the title card was to me a lot about debating how smart of a decision it is for Chloe not wanting to go into the hospital with a situation. However, we do get to see the point where Carlyle actually poisons Chloe. We get to see yeah. that in the previously on and I did go back into the last episode to see if that shot is actually in it and it is. So we just missed it. It looks like he's punching her and it is actually him injecting her. So yes, yeah. we could have been able to catch it. I kind of understand that Chloe, like you have a point, Chloe has a point, they do need the antidote. But at the same time, yes, they might have been able to slow down the poisoning. But who knows? We don't know. I also understand that Chloe has this need to be part of the solution. Yes, because it's very Chloe-like. Yeah. But also my point was, and that kind of transferred us into the precinct scene, if they did tell everybody that she is actually in a life-threatening yeah. situation, people would be more motivated to actually do something about it and try to figure out the antidotes. It's my final note for scene two. Chloe should mobilize everyone on this and not keep it under wraps. Under normal circumstances, I would be kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, sure, why not? They probably need to keep it on down low because they are trying to avoid somebody to finding out that they know what happened, whatever, something like that. But in this situation, you literally don't have any reasons not to tell people that she's in life-threatening danger. And I don't agree with Chloe's assessment that Ella would be too distracted to work properly on this case. To be honest, I think the reason for Chloe not to tell anybody is that once she would tell people and she would go into the hospital, it would become more real. And this is what she's trying to avoid in her brain, which is trying to postpone the reality of the situation, which obviously is not a good idea. She's hurting her own case with this. Yeah, obviously it's not reasonable or rational thinking. But, you know, like we sometimes try to avoid warding something. But you know what's reasonable? What is reasonable? That Ella put on pants before coming to the precinct. <laughs> Fair. Also, Ella's wearing glasses. She never wears glasses, does she? She's wearing contacts. Yeah, I think so. I love her glasses. I love her pants. Also that. I also love the way she describes how is Chloe gonna die without knowing that she's describing how is Chloe mm, gonna die mm. into her face. And she like goes really Ella into it and just gets really into the details. It's like, this is exciting. Anything for science. Every gruesome detail. It's wonderful. Yeah. Initially, I was very surprised that Lucifer called in a mana deal because I had totally forgotten that they had not met since Lucifer learned about a mana deal being the one who blessed Mama Decca. Yeah, I thought that he called him in to ask him for help to find the antidote. Or try again to slow down time or whatever. Something. And yeah. then I realized like, oh fuck, this is the first time they've met since mom spilled the beans towards Lucifer. Then it made more sense that he was like, okay, is this all part of God's plan? Are you part of this? very very much aggression and Manadia goes into oh I've been a pawn we're all pawns blah, 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 blah. and then we get our first lead so we get actually a song in the scene called It's Tricky by Run DMC Run DMC for me always feels very 90s oh it's definitely very 90s right yes That's... maybe even like late 80s I'd say I don't know judging by the outfits <laughs> Also, my first matching with the Run DMC, I wrote down, party with your ankle bracelet, because apparently he's wearing an ankle bracelet, so he can't run away. Mm -hmm. And he seems utterly unfazed that he is being charged and that he saw a devil's face and everything. So I'm very much there for everything that happens to him. And I love that he can't even remember Chloe, because they met before. Yeah. He should remember her. She was the one who arrested him. They met even before that. So this is the first time that he sees her he still doesn't remember her she feels familiar to him but he does ask if she was at the party in the beach house at the beach party at the beach party so that technically was no 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 no, no. i love that she takes him upstairs and then just pushes him into the room where lucifer is sitting in the chair in the darkness 
Yeah, Chloe really lets Lucifer go for it in this episode. So, like, it's quite questionable things that she lets him do. She goes very grey in the part of this episode where she is still part of the investigation. How much do you like that? I can see your face. Yeah? Yes, I'm there for it. I just wish that she... (laughs) No buts. No buts. Good. And, of course, since Lucifer sadly promised not to use physical force, he didn't. He has a lot of psychological ways to hurt a human so true he gets us a new lead at least but sad 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 chloe collapses i mean you say sad but at the same time i was like is now the time to go to the hospital is it and we get the title card and very unusually for lucifer after the title card we have a scene change usually the title card happens and then we stay in the same area where we were before but it's a scene change and now it's day because the party was during the night Mm -hmm. and now it's already bright day or bright morning and so we actually lost time with the title card, which is a rare thing on Lucifer. Yeah. Also, we need to... time, not something Chloe has. I don't understand in this scene. I mean, I kind of get it, but they keep trying to push this done being emotionally involved with Chloe. It's not nearly as strong as it was in the episode. I was about to say. Obviously. And yes, of course, he's going to be overprotective of her and he's going to be like upset that she's in a hospital. It all makes sense because she is still the mother of his child yeah they're family and they're always going to be family but it just because of the moment that we had a couple episodes ago in my hate episode when they are in the watch room and he starts talking about having how let he her has go feelings for her. And, oh. yeah so because of the moment that we had a few episodes ago it just jumped out at me it's just like Dan you're not supposed to be in love with her not anymore not to mention that he slept with Charlotte it was just yeah it I know that it wasn't like on its own it wouldn't alarm me at all yeah but because I had this in my brain like connection to that specific moment in that specific episode it just like eh, come on I totally get where you're coming from mm-hmm. with the happenings in the past few episodes this feels kind of off mm-hmm. but in itself I'm perfectly fine with it and since the problematic episodes when it comes to dance emotional connection to Chloe were episodes I didn't like I'm gonna give Joe (laughs) and Chris the benefit of doubt yeah and say they are writing a concerned ex-husband and father of her daughter yes and with that I'm perfectly fine yeah we also have this moment where Lucifer says something that we all know that we can agree on and that is that's it's much easier to get Chloe in the hospital when she's unconscious. Very truthful, very correct. And when she starts speaking up, you guys know I'm here. It's brilliant because this means that she has been listening in for a while. And then Lucifer walks over to her and she's like, I I worry that uh, Trixie is gonna worry when she sees me and do I look all right? And he says, you look heaven sent. Which, of course, with her being a gift from God and yada yada is... So double meaning. But it is truthful because he doesn't lie. He doesn't lie. It was a bit heartbreaking seeing Chloe be so concerned. She is literally on the death's doorstep pretty much. And her first concern is just always Trixie. Which is obvious and makes absolute sense. But it's also heartbreaking. Chloe is a very good mom. Yes. This is one of the things that I have never complained or criticized about this character. Because the part of her mom and her relation with her daughter and how she deals with the scary parts of her work and with life in general has always been extremely impressively well written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we finally get to follow up on the lead that we got at the end of the last scene. This scene is one of my favorites in this episode. I adore this scene. We have a song with this scene and the name of the song is Welcome to Hell by Crocodiles. <laughs> I ask, my question is, is this referring to Lucy and Daniel having to work together? No, this is referring to <laughs> Lucifer having to endure this horrible artwork. It could be, though. It could be. No. I I've, I've would find it hilarious if it were. No, we, we later on see what his own hell is. Maybe it's Dan's hell. Yeah, possibly. I can work with that. Yeah. I love that Dan is like, oh, follow my lead. No crazy business. And, and he's so adamant on this. Yeah. 
Yes. And he's in fact so adamant that Lucifer agrees and says, my word is my bond. Which then of course leads to this hilarious moment that Dan loses his self-control, punches the dude in the face and then gets beat up. And Lucifer is waiting and waiting and waiting for Dan to lead basically. And Dan's yeah. going, what the fuck? No, it was a part of the plan. Blah, 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 blah. And then Lucifer just opens up the handcuffs. Well, I promised. He gave his word. Exactly. And I love it. It's so good. It's really well written. Also, the moment where Dan is being completely stupid and attacks the guy and that everybody takes out the guns and Lucifer is like lifting his hands and he's holding the wine glass and just sips the wine. Yep. And it's just like... "Mm." That's such a perfection. Oh, the entire so scene. And then he takes out the two gunmen and the dude comes back with the baseball bat and Lucifer threatens him. Then he does his, okay, we don't have time, so let's make a deal. What do you want? And the poor man just wants someone to appreciate and like his art. And Which not is terrible, by the way. I mean, yes, the art he makes is horrible, but I can appreciate the, I made this. I created this. Someone like it, please? Yeah, that's fair enough. I can feel for him and I really feel for Lucifer who now has to actually keep this monstrosity of a painting because he promised. I wonder where he's gonna put it. I do wonder if we're gonna see it in the future. If it's gonna hang somewhere. That would be brilliant. Did you take a screenshot? I'm gonna remember this horrifying picture. He could have gotten the two clowns. I do wonder if it's gonna hang it in Lux or in his penthouse. Or maybe he's just gonna give it. He can't give it to anybody. He needs to keep it, right? Exactly. And he needs to display it. So that's very nice. And also we now get all the ingredients that we need for the antidote, but no formula. And as I said in my summary, it is very obvious where this episode is going. This, in my opinion, is the latest moment where every person watching should have realized we are going to hell because the professor is dead. The formula is only in his brain. Someone needs to go to hell and collect his formula. I did not see that at this moment I didn't realize that until the next scene. Really? Yeah. The dude literally goes, he always bragged about it. The formula was only in his brain. It was like dun, dun, dun. I don't think I paid it that much attention to it when I was watching it the first time. Obviously now I like this time I knew that was gonna happen and yes it stood out to me because you know obvious but I don't think I realized that when I was watching it the first time until Lucifer and mom have the conversation in the next scene. In the yeah. next scene. So so speaking of the next scene, it's a very short one where mom and Lucifer meet up in the hospital and then have a short conversation on this topic. One of the many less than one minute long scenes. We have mom to show up and starting apologizing to Lucifer. And my instant thought process was, huh? Is she actually being sorry? Like, what? what is she playing it now? What is the reason? What is playing into her plans? What are her new plans? And it just started this whole thought process and then when I saw her face in the end where she realizes what her words kind of brought up in Lucifer I was actually surprised and I wasn't 100% convinced that this was not done on purpose I think that her intention was that now with Chloe dying Mm -hmm. and Lucifer already being enraged that Chloe was made as a gift and now just to be taken away from him again to capitalize on that because we've already talked about that apparently her goal is to make him angry and angry and angrier against God mm-hmm. and basically the he made her for you you fell for her you realized that she was made for you and now he has taken her away from you yeah that was in my opinion the play that mom was going for yeah I didn't really see that also, yes, you remember our repeated talks about is hell still working? Oh yeah, that's been a while. Hell is still working. That it is. And we get to see it. And because mom says that he is suffering in hell, Lucifer doesn't contradict her. So this for me is my first and obvious confirmation. Hell is working, like I said before. Yes. And then finally it clicks for Lucifer and he has this amazing plan which is going to be discussed in the penthouse. Yay! I do have to say, weirdly enough, that I kind of agree with Mum and Mace that it's not the bestest of ideas. It's not definitely not the safest. I mean, I know that this is probably the only option that they have. Exactly. I can't imagine any other way for them to be able to pull this off. But if anybody there actually cares for Lucifer, 
Lucifer, they have to see and realize that this is not the safest idea ever. But it's the only. Yeah, that is true. There's literally no alternative and Lucifer also says any other plans and nobody has any. Also, this moment was absolutely ridiculously great, amazing and I loved it. The moment where we get the first cut on Linda and we realize that Linda is sitting there with them and she just sits and like stares like what what's happening now? Do you like do you do this often? Like a celestial. You have this scene and of course if he needs a room full of people when he needs someone to kill him Mace is gonna be there which is super sweet especially later on. And you were gone quite a long time as mentioned by Mace. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we officially learned how time works in hell yet right? We know that time works differently there. But not in any further detail, right? No, I don't think so. Later on, they tell us that he's gonna have more time in hell, even though he only has 60 seconds on Earth. I think this is the first time that we actually learn about that detail. Mm -hmm. Then the camera turns around and Lucifer addresses Linda. And I was just like, of course, Linda is there. Hashtag Team Lucifer. I actually had a realization. I did not remember Emanadiel not knowing that Linda knows. I completely spaced out that he doesn't know. I was like, Same. oh yeah, sure. And then the fact that Linda clearly did that on purpose, clearly she didn't tell him that she knows because she wanted to punish him for what he did to her. Amenadiel has absolutely no grounds to be bitchy to Linda. Absolutely. But that revelation was just, I was just sitting on the couch watching this and I just started laughing. It was just so good. I loved it. What I also did not see coming because I forgot that Amenadiel did <laughs> not know that Linda knows. I also did not expect Amenadiel to not follow mom but stay behind and help Lucifer. Literally, I am proud of him yes. that he didn't. This is the first good decision he's done in weeks. So yay Amenadiel for standing up to mom. And also mom once again shows that she has still no understanding who Chloe is because mm -hmm. she refers to her as insignificant human life. Yeah. By the end of this scene, Linda is the one who gets saddled with all the responsibility and she looks as thrilled as one would expect her to look. I adore the end of this scene. It feels like watching that scene in, the, in Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> where they just walk up and Eminadiel goes, I'll be your broken wings. And Maze goes, I'll be your knives. And Linda's gonna go, and I'll be your psychologist. <laughs> Basically, and then they tell her, yeah, well, you're the doctor, so you're gonna have to bring me back. Yeah. So you're gonna um, have to bring me back. Uh. Absolutely brilliant. And then obviously that final question of the scene just brings it home. Who wants to kill me? And Ames and Maze both immediately, hands flying up. Very good. I'm gonna jump in with the cutscene. It's one of the two cutscenes. The first one only lasts for a couple of seconds, so I kind of figured we didn't really need to talk about it. And it's only Dan. It's only Dan. In this scene we have Lucifer visiting Chloe in her hospital room. He looks at her as she's sleeping and she wakes up and asks where is Trixie? And he said that Trixie discovered the snack machines. As it turns out, her tiny hands can just about reach the bottom shelf. Which gets Chloe to look at him and ask, I wonder who taught her that? And Lucifer just smiles and then he says, I will do everything that is in my power to fix this and leaves. So it's just a little kind of a relationship buildup that we have. Also, it explains where Trixie's chocolate bar comes from that she has later on in the scene with her and the Menadiel. Oh, I completely missed that. She has an open and once bitten into chocolate bar in her hand. Cool. Well done. Good nice. catch. So yeah, it's just a really lovely little scene which kind of shows us the current relationship between Lucifer deeply caring for Chloe and trying to make sure that she lives through this and also being friendly with Trixie, which is kind of fun showing her tips and tricks because I'm assuming that was him. Well, he's corrupting her. I wouldn't say friendly. I don't know what she's talking about. Also, small chance that I just thought that maybe Mace showed her because that would be on brand for Mace, but Mace is currently busy changing into scrubs so probably not probably we can go with the implication that it was Lucifer so even without the cutscene we're back in the hospital Dan and Lucifer are talking mm -hmm. and brownie points for Dan for not questioning Lucifer's methods he trusts that Lucifer has a way to get the formula and that he doesn't want to know how he's getting it yep and then he sim 
he leaves and starts making sure that everything is prepared, trusting in Lucifer to get this done. Which I was pleasantly surprised by Dan in this episode in general. Definitely wouldn't have happened just like a few episodes ago, I don't think. I think that the moment where Dan really leans into the fact that Lucifer's first priority is Chloe is during the trial. Even though that we had, like we talked about this before, where is exactly the pinpoint moment where Dan realizes that he starts trust Lucifer or something. I think that our opinions differ on this a little bit. Slightly. (laughs) Just a little bit. But that still brings us to the fact that he is gonna get there and now we see him in a situation where his beloved Chloe's life is on the line and he just blindly decides that he can trust Lucifer and just goes for it. Which is lovely to see because I really like their dynamic. Also, Ames gets commanded as guard dog for Chloe and when a Benadiel asks and you trust me with this I must say I don't I didn't I was surprised that he pulled it off at the very end I think the decision for Ames to stay behind as Lucifer says he is the most stubborn and bullheaded person I think this is what Lucifer is kind of relying on the fact that Amenadiel decided to stay behind and decided to help save Chloe essentially I don't think that he has any reason to be malicious towards Lucifer at the minute because he is in a situation when he's trying to make amends this entire setup is this entire plan relies on trust and of course we now get our title drop weep 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 yes we do oh this is a crazy plan i was very excited for it and but also at the same time it was very scary because this is just playing with fire this is just playing with god and god's will essentially i'd say how powerful is god and is this a thing that like he is just allowing for lucifer to go there and back it has a lot of unknowns this plan and it just made me very nervous but now we go to the precinct and we start the story part that i did not see coming and that i'm so so here for ella used to steal cars every single sentence that Ella says in this scene all my illegal contacts are out you don't have any illegal content whatever I used to steal cars it's no fun if you don't drive them really really fast how perfect is Ella I want a fucking Ella episode with backstory they gave us a lot and I think they're gonna have to go more into detail with these things because this clearly sets us up and introducing her brother Ricardo introducing Ricardo later on in the episode is a part of this they're giving us the little bits and pieces and they're setting us up for an episode about Ella. They better. I can't fucking wait for it. It's gonna be amazing. And now we get the Dan and Ella team up or as I call it, Danella. Yay! Woo! I love that they both jump to the B&E conclusion so quickly. It's the only way. Well, yes, but also it makes sense because Ella used to steal cars and Dan is a shady cop. Yes, they're perfect. It's just amazing. Speaking of amazing stuff, the next scene in the hospital is brilliant. It's so funny. Time to kill Lucifer. It's the moment where we had Ames and Maze both immediately sign up for killing Lucifer. And then when it actually comes to it, they just don't... Maze just can't do it. Which is not surprising, honestly. It's not. It's not. And neither is Linda able to do it, so... Of course not. It's so perfect that Lucifer just grabs the handles and kills himself. If you want something done right you do it yourself but I find it really interesting for Maze's character because she is in so many ways all bark no bite and her basically grandstanding with oh I want to kill you and then not being able to follow through is a perfect example of her fulfilling certain expectations but given the choice not being that person or that being I think it's very interesting that with just this very short scene we get so much insight into the characters because this scene is 20 seconds long oh wow yeah i didn't even realize that there's just so much in it and we end the scene with a brilliant shot inside of lucifer's eye around his eyeliner and we dropped into the hell hole which is what i called it it's such a great transition it's beautiful really well done we see hell for a short moment and it looks pretty much the same as it did last season so exactly shaky camera distorted lens ash falling color palette 
apparently very close to how it is pictured in uh, the comics. As far as I know, yeah. Yeah. We get another first in this episode, and that is Amenadiel and Trixie meeting, which is yeah. a beautiful little scene where Amenadiel is guarding Chloe, as discussed, and Trixie walks in and starts a conversation with her chocolate bar that she stole with her little hands. How old is she now? She's like seven, right? Six. I have no idea. Okay, maybe not that many. Five. I think she was four when we started this, right? Wasn't she in school already? Yeah, American school system is different though. I don't know. Anyway... She's a tiny human. She's very young and you already see that she is worrying about her mom and then she asks a very good question. Why are there bad people in the world? And unknowingly, she asks a very reliable source that question. Yeah. And of course, Amenadiel doesn't have the answer for her, but you can see that he is really struggling with the concept of why. This is a good question. This is a fucking good question. Why? And then when he says there is more good people than bad which he might have proof or actual knowledge of. Trixie says that he is a good person and he is struggling to accept it. This is why I love this scene so much, is that Trixie is just so open and straightforward with everything that she says and she does that she ends up hugging him. And I think this episode, and this is one of the reasons why, is gonna be a turning point for Amenadiel. And I I can't wait because it's been too long. He's been, it's been too long, period. I find it very interesting because I agree pretty much with everything you said. Trixie is extremely sweet in her interaction with Amenadiel and by telling him he's a good person. But before that, Amenadiel is surprisingly good with dealing with her, which makes me kind of wonder, has Amenadiel interacted with human children before? Uh, she's special. But in his general behavior, he's very how you would expect an, a grown-up to interact with a child. And also also, her speaking the statement that he's a good person. You have this saying in the Bible, uh, out of the mouth of babes. Mm-hmm. Like basically when children say things that sound extremely wise and surprising. and Interesting, didn't know that. And so her saying this and him still having this identity crisis for me is the confirmation that Amenadiel actually is a good person and that he is at some point gonna realize that mom is fucking manipulating everyone and is gonna get back on being a proper good and righteous angel. So here's hoping. And yet again, very short scene. But that brings us back to the hell hall. We see a door. Lucifer walks in. We see the burning car scene that we've seen in the video last episode. So it's not surprising that this is the professor's hell. Like This has been been the turning point in his life. This is what caused his psychological meltdown and what triggered his sociopath, psychopathic killing Tendencies. spree. Yeah. Lucifer plays the professor extremely well with... Of course he does non-committing statements. Lucifer leaves the professor's hell and goes quipping resurrection would be nice and of course it's not happening. And suddenly he hears piano. He hears fucking creepy music playing and of course hmm, there's an open door where there's creepy music playing. Let me walk right through that door. However, yes, so he walks into the room and he finds Uriel sitting at his piano. And it right? cannot be Uriel because A, we're in the penthouse, B, Uriel was killed by the blade. And so, haha, this is Lucifer's own hell. Which I found a very nice twist that the devil also can have a hell. Yeah, I think it makes absolute sense because he hasn't been in hell for a while and the rules have changed. And he actually does feel a lot of guilt over the entire situation. So if hell is guilt-based. This makes absolute sense to me. I did not expect it, but it absolutely makes sense to me. Exactly. And then he stabs Uriel and I was, okay, is Lucifer now stuck in his own hell loop? And is this the door? Like, getting stuck in the door that Mace was referring to? And I'm pretty sure this is it. Yes. Also, how fun it is that Uriel is actually playing Killing Me Softly. Very, very fitting. Yeah, so Lucifer is stuck in the hell loop when we get back to the hospital obviously Mace and Linda are trying to revive him and it's not happening and the only thing I have to say is Linda Linda chest compressions 
I was wondering the same thing, like do normal CPR. Yeah, right? There's more ways to bring someone back than just electric shocks. Shocking them, yeah. But I get that this is like a supernatural situation, so yeah. It is, but like they're just very much simplified the whole resuscitation process. So I'm like, really? Yeah, I'm with you there. But I love the maze turning back from the clock on the wall. 60 seconds! Clear! It's nothing. It's half a minute, this scene. It's nothing. It's 30 fucking seconds. Like so many other scenes. Yes. We then go back to Team Danella and they are breaking and entering. And yes, dear Dan, it is a terrible idea, but it is a necessary idea. As well as was the one that is happening in the hospital right now, which was killing off Lucifer and bringing him back. Also, Ella's grandma taught her how to pick a lock. Mm-hmm. I know I'm repeating myself, but where's my fucking Ella backstory? We are back in the hell loop and made up Uriel in the hell loop actually tells us something. He says that the thing that I told you just before I died. And Lucifer is not paying attention to that. And then he goes, the peace is here. And Lucifer goes like, oh, you found peace. Blah, blah. It's like, yep, yeah, that's definitely not gonna be it because Uriel was a sour bitch. So it's definitely not peace as in quiet, happy, yada, yada, but peace as in peace of something. Puzzle piece, something. I think that this is the moment where our subtitles slightly betray us because it's spelled differently. Yeah, but from the context, it's obvious that it's not peace as in freedom and peace and love and happiness, but it's peace as in puzzle piece. I think that Lucifer could have easily have explained this to himself as peace, as quiet and happiness, because this is what he wanted to hear. He wanted to hear... I found peace. Yes. Or like the peace is here in that sense. So I am not actually surprised that he is explaining this to himself this way because this is his excuse. This is him trying to convince himself that he doesn't need to feel guilty over what he's done, which obviously doesn't work. I found it very obvious that what type of peace this is referring to. We did not hear what Uriel said to Lucifer back then, right? Nope, we did not. So this is the first time we as audience learn about it. And of course, hearing about the pieces here. Okay, what piece? Piece of what? And mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if this is not relating to our meta plot in some way. Because probably is. we're not going to get another plot plot. Because we're, we're just getting done with the poison plot. Mm-hmm. We still have the meta plot that needs to get moved along. We only have five episodes left? Six? And five. so we're not going to get another plot plot. So the piece has to relate to the meta plot. Yeah. My note at this moment was just tell us, tell us what it is. Because I just wanted to know. What I kind of hate but I kind of really love when they do this on shows is that they give you a hallucination or a product of your own imagination and so you can't really learn any new information from that but they bring it in order for you as a character not us as a viewer but for you as a character in order to realize something to pick something that you already know and make it stand out. I kind of hate them doing this because it's always a new information for us but not really the new information for the character and it's kind of very it can be done very iffy yeah but i also really love that when they do it because it's just it's really cool because the brain works in mysterious ways and our subconsciousness and consciousness it's just really really interesting thing i do wonder though if it wouldn't have been even better if they had given us the pieces here and made the subtitles wrong Mm. back then with the peace, happy, harmony, whatever. So how Lucifer decided to interpret it. Yeah. But that's not gonna happen because that's not what that's not what people do. I feel like this would have been even better because then we would have had the same assumptions as Lucifer mm-hmm. and people could have been, yeah, but maybe, what if? Yeah, I agree. That, that might have been fun. But I was at this point getting a bit frustrated that Lucifer apparently has no special power to get out of his own hell loop, which I found surprising because he is the devil. Like, I expected him to have some way 
Yes, but he is currently not accepting the fact that he is the devil. And he is not accepting the function of a lord of hell. He has let that go the moment he left hell. I expected him to be more capable in that regard. I know what you're saying, but I think that it makes absolute sense for him not to be able to get out of it. Because if it is truly guilt-driven situation that we have there, he has loads of that going around. He didn't have that the last time he was in hell. True. So it only makes sense to me that he is trying to figure out how to deal with that. I wouldn't be surprised that if he were to be put in a situation like that again in the future, he would know how to deal with it. Yeah, caught once unaware, not a second time. But yeah, even though it's rationally very logical, I was like, snap out of it already. Move this along. We're back in Chloe's room in the next scene and Mm -hmm. Chloe is crashing, which obviously is not good because if they can't stabilize her, then they will have to move her. So I was already getting stressed at this point. And we swap over into the room below with Lucifer, Mm -hmm. Mace and Linda. And Mace is figuring it out why they can't revive him, which I like because sometimes they tend to play Mace as just dumb muscle. Mm. And so I appreciate when we get a bit of brain with the muscle. Yeah, we had the little sneak peek to her knowing the situation and her knowing hell when she mentioned the daughter before. So it only makes sense for her to know what is probably happening down there. Also, we get a very important information. Mace has no soul. And so... When she dies, it's just it. I think that she mentioned before that when she dies, that's it. But she did not say... The soul she, part. Specifically that she does not have soul and that's why. Which of course makes sense because demons are demons and not humans. And now Linda drops this bomb that yes. she thinks she will end up in hell. And I'm just sitting there, why? What did Linda do in her life that makes her so sure that she would end up in hell? And Mm -hmm. when will we learn what this is? Yes, tell us, tell us, tell us. So I'm extremely curious about that. And then suddenly mom is there. And that did genuinely surprise me because I did not expect that. Yeah. Mom showing up and then one of the best things about this episode, May's just straight up killing her like this. The moment where she's like, oh, so it appears that we need to attach these little wires. And Maze just grabs the puddles and just kills her. Oops. Perfection. (gasps) But also, I love that they had this whole moment where Maze refused to actually kill Lucifer before because she couldn't bring herself to do it. And it literally takes her a split of a second to decide to kill off mom. It's so much in character. We go back into general hell for uh, 20 seconds again because now mom is walking around in our normal hellscape and we see this clapping door that goes like slightly open, close, slightly open, close. And that scene actually had kind of creepy vibes for me, that the sound of this door. Do you think that this is mother's room? No. Trying to lure her in? No. Because she does say that Hell has been trying to grab her back in since the moment she left it. Her room was open when uh, Lucifer was down. Yeah, but what if her being physically physically present in Hell may activate the room again and just try to draw her back in? Well, I mean, there was... A chain on that door, so that would fit. So it might. Be I did. I didn't actually. This is not in my notes. This is just something that I thought of when. No, we it it might actually be, but me thinks not. Okay. But it's anyhow, possible. we can go to the next scene, right? Yeah, and Chloe is still crashing. They stabilize oh, her, yeah. but then they decide, well, we still have to do now more hospital mumbo jumbo with her. And a meta deal is not moving. Go Ames. I was, like I said, I did not expect him to do a good job with this. And here I'm starting to hope for him that he actually manages to slow them down long enough that the others can get it sorted. And once again, this is like just a minute long this scene. And we move on to my final moment with Team Danella. And we learn that Ella is actually stealing from her brother. Yes. Do you know what I really like? When you cast somebody and you actually 
use the potential of the actor. So the fact that Amy Garcia is clearly bilingual has been used really, really well in this moment where she just calls him, tells him to calm down and not to be stupid, which is beautiful moment because she says it with this beautiful accent in Spanish. And we in this moment realize that she clearly knows the man. Mm. Literally seconds later, we realize that Ricardo is Ella's brother. It's like in the beginning, it's okay, brother or former boyfriend. Those are the two options once it's clear that they know each other and then, okay, it's the brother. It makes absolute sense to me that it's a brother because the way they talk to each other. I hate you. I love you too. (laughs) Yeah. That whole little exchange and the way that she immediately kind of comes at him to like, you know, tranquila and stuff like that. It was just very sibling moment. That was a sibling vibe for me. That we get the whole shady brother exposition. I was very happy with this scene. But even though he is shady, he is a good guy and gives her what she needs. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he does that because he knows that she can beat him up. (laughs) But also because she's family, so. We're going back into the hell looping. The elevator door opens and mom is walking in to try and help get Lucifer out of his own hell loop. She's actually trying to help him get over his guilt. You did this to save me, yada yada. Well, she needs to do that in order to get him out. I do wonder how much of what she's saying down there is her own free will and what is being caused by being in hell or in a loop, basically. Because she is coming clean. Yeah. And my note is, how? Why? What? Mm -hmm. Because I did not see that coming. Yeah, me neither. I was perplexed. But I really, really liked it. I was shook. Shooketh. Shooketh. But... I, I really, really well. liked it. So yeah. the moment where she, when you realized that what she is currently doing is that she is taking over his hell loop mm. and taking over his guilt and she is getting imprisoned into that hell loop in order to let Lucifer go. Yeah, she's now getting stuck in the loop and the more she is stuck, the freer Lucifer is. Apparently each room can only hold one loop. And the fact that obviously this is very easy thing to transfer because both of their guilt is connected to that one person is very interesting as well. However, Lucifer does what he does and carries her out. He needs to physically carry her out. Yes. And I think you couldn't really do this if you weren't the Lord of Hell, I don't think. Because I can imagine them not being able to actually leave the loop physically without any like outside power. But the fact that they kind of help each other get out. I feel that he was only able to pull her out because she was in the very beginning like there had not been a proper loop yet she has not completed one run through because there was no restart and to me this was the reason why he was able to drag her out because she has not been stuck yet because you're only stuck in a loop once it starts repeating Hmm. that's how I understood it yeah that's fair enough like I felt it a little bit differently but yeah that can definitely be one of the explanations what I found surprising was to see mom display genuine emotion in this scene And it actually was really great to see because Trisha Helfer so far has only been able to play a certain range with mom. Mm. This finally gave her much missing emotional depth to showcase because we know that Trisha Helfer is an amazing actress. But so far, the character of mom or even the stand in Charlotte has not really presented itself to give her much chance to play around and I feel like this is finally a chance for her to show what she's got and damn she's got it good that she does this was very emotional and it was very well done so as Lucifer carries mom out of the loop the montage starts we have a song that is starting to play what is the song Amazon did not tell me it's called unsteady ah by ex ambassador. Is so, it on Spotify? Yeah. Good. They're all on Spotify this time. No. I know, shocking. It really is. But this brings us into the whole montage, as you called it. And it's so emotional and it's so beautiful. And the song is so fitting. There is so much eyeliner that Lucifer is wearing as he comes back. <laughs> 
It's just beautiful. And the moment where Amenadiel is standing in the doorframe and he refuses to move and the security comes in and tries to move him and he just starts like throwing him, throwing them away. And that I'm just going to skip the moment where Lucifer wakes up and like when Lucifer runs in and grabs his shoulder to let him know I'm back, you can stand down now. And they move to the side. It's just so beautiful to watch. You can see that it doesn't matter what happens. They are still family and they are there for each other and it's just beautiful. The scene is great because you see so many tidbits about different characters. Mm -hmm. Amenadiel actually looked scary just standing there which he's a scary dude. He hasn't seemed scary in such a long time because he has been mom's freaking sidekick for so long that I kind of forgot how menacing he can be if he wants. Like remember back when he showed up when he turns his wings into this razor sharp like basically knife blades and puts it below Lucifer's throat and everything. So that creature can be terrifying. And this is where you finally see some glimpses of the old Amenadiel shine through again. And meanwhile, you have Mace and Linda in the room and Mace turning away, seemingly giving up on bringing back Lucifer and Linda being the beautiful, stubborn creature that she is, not giving up and keeping on trying and actually bringing Lucifer back back. She actually manages to bring him back now that mom and Lucifer are not no longer stuck in the loop. And she also brings mom back. Mom is not an afterthought to Linda because Linda is such a good person. Which again why would she ever go to hell? And then getting the missing ingredient is also part of this montage and everything plays together and this is really well done. The music is amazing. The cuts between the separate scenes is great. I, I love me a good montage. And this was a very good montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very emotional, very fun. We end up on the scene where Lucifer sits by Chloe's bedpost and makes sure that she's okay. Which, again, shows us that he really, truly does care about Chloe. What I found surprising, when she wakes up, she already is apparently in the know that he fixed this. He saved yeah. her. Yeah. So she must have been awake before and talked to someone else else, me thinks Dan, to be in the know. Yeah, so possibly. That is interesting, yeah. It's very deliberate by Lucifer that he is sitting there and talking mm -hmm. to her. Yeah. Because this is not the first time she wakes up, okay, I'm gonna make sure that you're actually alive, but this is a deliberate contact moment. Also, it's a moment where Lucifer is not just making sure that she wakes up, he's making sure that she will be okay. It's not like, I just woke up and bye now. It's more of a, I know that you have been okay, and I know that you will be okay. So he has given it a little bit of time. I feel like his focus, because especially how the episode ends, is that she is awake enough to register that he's there to have yeah to have a conversation with him yeah possibly a last conversation it's really really harsh because she seems quite willing to give this relationship with lucifer a shot now which has been one of my complaints in past episodes that she has been so hesitant and now after going through all of this she has finally reached a point where she is yeah this might have a chance we should try this we need to talk about about this everything I wanted and now of course given what he has learned Lucifer is kind of dick about it because he's so very evasive well he can't lie to her so yes but still he's not gonna tell her that they're gonna talk about it when he knows that they're want of course but it feels so shitty for Chloe it does and like when you think about it what is the last moment that Chloe remembers with Lucifer it's the hug that they had outside of the university I know the last she checked, they were both happy about this and they were both absolutely 100% into this. Exactly. It is, you're right, Like it is shitty from Lucifer that he is evasive and everything, but at the same time, I'm actually appreciating the fact that Lucifer is in there, is sitting there, is having that one final conversation with Chloe. It's better than ghosting sure. her completely. Yes. yes. 
but still which is what he's gonna we what he's about to do but at least he gave her this little moment of it's okay yes but still it's okay as much as i like to complain about chloe's character she does not deserve this she deserves better yes 100 i know what you're saying and i agree with you it is not her fault that she got made for lucifer he can't exactly tell her can he No, but he also doesn't need to go. So like, whatever, but I'm not gonna go into too much detail now, but he's being an ass about this in as nice a way as he can. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely 100% see where he's coming from when he has a conversation with mom in... Which is now coming up. Now, now we're going outside. Yes, so he says one thing and he says, I am tired of being a pawn. And when he says that, it's not like when Aminidil says it because yeah. when Aminidil says it, he is looking for another master. When Lucy says that he means it i believe him and just to kind of connect it to the previous scene he has to do this in order not to be a pawn anymore he needs to remove himself from the situation so regardless if we think that he handled it well or not he needs to do this in the end i think we can agree on that right well he decides to be outside of any and all influence be it god or mom or chloe or whoever so in order to get outside of that influence he needs to remove yourself from the situation and not play by the rule yes it is the easiest yeah. way to simply remove yourself from a situation instead of dealing with it because at least one of the players is not reachable so it kind of makes yeah. sense that he says okay mom you spilled your beans down in hell so i know all about your manipulation so fuck you god is not reachable and apparently doesn't give a fuck what i feel and want since ever so fuck him he says uh, at least he doesn't pretend to love me which cuts deep as well i think and also for him chloe has no choice in this mm-hmm. which we talked about lengthy and it's gonna be in the cuts and so obviously he only has three characters on the playing field that either have an agenda or are an unwilling participant mm-hmm. and so he doesn't have much other option many other options than saying okay rage quit and leaving when he doesn't want to play the game this is the easiest solution for him yeah. and unlike a mana deal he actually follows through so then when we in the final over scene to yeah. the final scene where we get a last song of this episode called when your heart is a stranger by friends in paris we see what he meant by i am tired of being a pawn and i refuse to be a part of this anymore because he left and we have this very heartbreaking scene with chloe in the car apparently having left so many voicemails and instead of being passive she actually tries to follow what she wants and goes confront him at Lux or rather at the penthouse which mm-hmm. the more it's gonna hurt so now. many points for Chloe this is what I was looking for this is what I was asking for what I wanted which is one of the reasons why I'm like fuck you Lucifer she's finally doing what she's supposed to be doing and you're not there and with this the episode ends and we have our winter season finale boy what an episode did we talk about the things you thought we were gonna argue about Yeah, 100%. (laughs) I did not expect us arguing. I thought we were going to be in very much agreement on those things. Interesting. Do you want to give us your final thoughts? Do I start? Yes. All right. So <laughs> it's a very satisfying mid-season finale, giving us a lot of long-awaited twists and turns, even some I did not see coming. I do wonder where Lucifer went, though, and I do wonder where we'll go from here, because there are many, many options, but Lucifer does not really have options, which is why he left. So hmm. this episode has the most scenes we've had so far. Many mm-hmm. are a minute or less long. We have so many scene cuts that made taking notes a bit weird, but the episode still had an amazing rhythm and narration flow and i was actually surprised this episode felt extremely short like we've had other episodes where i felt like okay how much longer how much longer and this episode was so fast Mm. i'm happy that we don't have to wait three months for the next episode instead we're gonna have one week until the next one so yay Mm -hmm. 
Go into your monologue. I very much agree with what you said. I really liked that we got a big lore dump in this episode about hell. We found out about the whole guilt thing, which has been hinted at, but we got to see it in action. However, I do still have a bit of that issue with the how this actually really works type of a thing with the guilt. Because, as I mentioned before, what about the sociopaths? But other than that... I think that the moment of self-realization by mom was very, very good. And I can't wait where that's gonna go. Ames, for one, decided to think for himself, which was very exciting. And Mace realized that even though she thinks that she wants to kill Lucifer, she doesn't really want to do it. So that's kind of interesting plot twist there. Then we have the little hint of Linda's past. Which, thank you very fucking much. That Baxter is gonna be very interesting once you give it to us writers. And speaking of Baxter, a little bit more information about Ella. Which, yay! Again, yay! So, at the end of it, we've gotten, because of this whole situation, Lucifer gets over the anger that he had towards Chloe at the end of the last episode. Which, yay, that's good. And also, it finally gets directed towards the correct people. Because he is finally upset with mother because she is the reason a lot of this is happening with her confession and Lucifer hearing everything that she said it just makes me very very happy because finally finally Lucifer is not blindly hoping for her to love him which is understandable but come on she doesn't deserve his love so yeah I just can't wait to see where he ended up and uh, can't wait to watch the next episode. So with that, thank you very much for listening. And if you want to keep in touch with us, as per usual, you can do so through all of our various social media. And because we are getting nearer and nearer to this season's finale, we're going to be doing the summoning episode. So please do send us your feedback, your questions, your notes and whatever you want to lucifer at taot-podcast.com we are really hoping we get loads of emails from you and we get to have a chat other ways to get involved besides obviously telling all your friends to also listen to this podcast that you found you can consider joining the bestest people in the world our lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash taot podcast you can join on two different levels and depending on which level you join you get different benefits one of the level grants you access to our cut content because spoiler we never shut up and while the normal episode is only one hour in length our bonus material alternates between 10 minutes up to i think 40 minutes is the long we ever had as additional content so if you can't get enough of us this is where you can get more and with this we say bye, bye.